Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kenoki. That's me. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today, my guest is a custom remodeler who comes highly recommended and keeps it real when communicating. She owns Revision Remodeling and Design and operates in Northern Virginia here in the States. And she's calling in from the field. It's the infamous Kat Willer. How are you doing today, Kat? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. It's very exciting for me, too. Um, So... Kat, you are on a job site, but uh, tell us how long or tell us how you got started in the remodeling business. Okay, so it's a it's it's a story. So bear with me. Um, I kind of stumbled into it because I was really young and random. I had a boyfriend and I liked my boyfriend. I moved in with my boyfriend and then we got pregnant and then our condo burned down, unfortunately, when I was three months pregnant and his parents so graciously let us move in to their house down the road. And I kept driving by and watching the the builder who was rebuilding the condo for us. He took forever. And I was sitting there pregnant, waiting for them to just get done with my home so I could move back in and do all those normal mom things. And it wasn't happening. And I think through that process and that anticipation, I got interested in the process. So I paid attention to framing and rough-ins and finishing work and all the drywall and everything that goes into it. Um, and then after, you know, we moved in, everything was great. And then we decided, Hey, but now another one's, I married the boyfriend and then we had another baby. So we thought, well, we're now outgrowing the condo. Let's buy a house. But we were on a beer budget, a natty light cheap beer budget. So we got the house. We were very lucky. We put a lot of work into the home. It was from the 1950s um, track home, normal Northern Virginia home. And, uh, we, I just started teaching myself and we just worked together on the home and everything, all the ins and outs of the home. And I just absorbed as much as I could. And then I really felt like, Hey, this is an interest of mine. And so I finished the house and I sold the house and I did, we did really well. And we took the equity that we, we earned and we moved and bought another house. So then at the second house, we had a little bit more of a budget, maybe a craft brew beer budget. And we decided now that I started kind of starting to look out and search for people who were a little bit more talented than me because I understood the process, but I didn't want to be the catch all. I didn't want to be the person to do everything because I'm picky, I'm meticulous. And I knew that there were better people more qualified humans in their specific trades. So I found the guys who, uh, you know, it took a long time. A lot of guys telling me, Hey, I'm good at that. And then all of a sudden they were not very good. So I had to let a bunch of people go. I, you know, throughout the process. And then I met a core group of guys, I think who started to actually collaborate and work with me on my ideas and bringing them to life. And they saw, and they saw the interest and they valued that and respected that. And, uh, after that, we ju- I, I sold that house and did well. And then 
Um, it's funny, actually. So that second house, my neighbor ended up being a real estate agent and her husband was a builder. So obviously I gravitated toward them. We spoke all the time, asked her husband a million questions and he's so nice. And she said, Kat, you're in the industry, whether you, I felt still like an imposter, like a DIYer, you know, like I knew so much about building and construction, but I had no credentials. You know, I didn't have a crew of guys. I knew nothing about business. So I, she really, you know, she, she, she gave me this book and the book was called, what do you do with an idea? And it's a children's book. And I read the book and it brought me to tears, you know? So it was just about taking an idea and cultivating it and, believing in it, even though other people might not, or think it's silly or strange or why people who don't get it. And the book was just so inspiring that, and, and her words of encouragement really brought me to then get my real estate license. And immediately I got my first customer right after I got my real estate license and the man needed a remodel. So I thought, Hey, I got the guys. I know how to do it. I'm already a licensed real estate agent. I managed the project. I bought all of my staging furniture for the four bedroom home. So I remodeled it. I designed it. I staged it and I sold it. My first job knocked it out of the ballpark. Customer was super happy. And then he asked me if I could help him buy a condo. And I said, absolutely, Tom, you're great. So we worked together and he kept going, Kat, I really want to remodel this condo and I want you to do it for me. Now, at this time, I wasn't a licensed contractor, but the guy knew he had seen my quality of work. He saw how well the house sold that I just sold for him and remodeled and managed. And I kept saying, let me try and find, you know, I, at that point I had other buddies in the field to, to, to reach out to, to get, you know, ask them if they could work for him. And he really kind of would take no for an answer. So I ended up taking on the job and it was a complete gut job, a two bedroom condo, funny enough in the same neighborhood of where my condo burned down. So I'm like back at square one with my first really big job, a full gut job. Um, but I knew I had the confidence, not only the confidence in myself, but I think honestly, I had the confidence in my guys because my guys really are highly trained, well-qualified humans. And it took a long time to find them. But um, I knew that we could successfully complete the job and whatever I didn't know they did. And they're really good teachers in that regard. So I felt comfortable. So I took on the job and we did a really great job. He loved it. I designed it, remodeled it, didn't have to sell it. And uh, he was happy. So then during that time, I had a little bit of time and I realized, you know, real estate's not really my thing. I definitely want a contractor's license. I had a lot of years at that point and I just went for it. I studied really hard. Uh, I talked around with my buddies. Uh, I passed the class A contractor's test. I don't know if you have contractor's licenses similar to Virginia and Alaska. So, um, so I got my license and I started my company. And during the three months I was waiting to get my license and studying, I tried to learn everything I knew about business. I would ask every single human that I talked to at any sort of connection to anything in building and business. I mean, I remember actually another good story. I was out uh, getting a drink and I was waiting, sitting there and the guy next to me, um, very nice Indian gentleman, has nothing to do with construction, but he owns a small business. And we were talking about finances and we were talking about everything that goes into amount. No matter what business you own, you have to know the foundations of it, like, you know, certain bookkeeping skills and certain accounting management and HR management and all of the things, you know, the hats you have to wear owning a business. So the guy connected me with an accountant. 
and the accountant helped me out a lot. And so those are the similar stories that I have because I am very much a people person. I'm very much connected. I see value in everybody, which ultimately makes me better at my job. And, uh, and, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I've, uh, I had a couple people who are really, really believed in me in the beginning of my career. Um, a lady who worked, uh, she's actually a foreign service. Her husband's a foreign service officer. So I had customers uh, who had a lot of rental properties in Northern Virginia. This is their home base, you know, really government um, heavy around here. And I had, but they lived in, you know, Africa and Portugal. I had one in Tajikistan. I'd never even heard of Tajikistan. I had to Google it. But at the end of the day, I was doing quality work and I was doing something that I loved and I just kept going. I just kept going. Well, I can really, I can really relate on that hands-on uh, experience starting uh, off on your own where I didn't know I, I had had a little bit of work in the field, but really I just took on my own projects at the beginning and, and I can really relate to that. Um, well, you kind of so, have to be. And so, and so how long, how long have you, so are you, are you doing work yourself or are you managing as a general contractor only? Are you man just managing subs? What are you doing? Well, so that's a good question. Um, and how long, and how long, how many, how many years have you been your license, the licensed contractor? So my, I've been a licensed contractor. This is my third, three and a half years. Okay. Uh, I'm going, I'm moving into my fourth anniversary, I believe uh, this winter ish. So, um, so I've been doing it for three and a half years, but I've been, learning and and growing for the last 12 because I had my I had four flips four home remodels in between um you know which is a significant amount map bathrooms when you add it up so I had enough experience um but now I will say that uh it's kind of funny I grew really quickly and I never said no to a job and if I didn't think that I had enough experience I found the smartest most capable human and I hired them so I had an opportunity to build an addition and I knew that I was not going to struggle through it on my own and I wasn't going to learn anything stumbling through it. So I hired my structural engineer who I met through my accountant and he was an incredibly smart man. He walked me through the process. He co-managed the job with me. We did a really great job building wise, but I was very green with customer service in at that level. Oh yeah. Because well, yeah. It's go ahead, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. No, you please. Yeah. No, no. Uh, uh, dealing with customers on a big job like that uh, gets really challenging. And and additions are massive remodels. It's not just the new construction. And there's so many details to think about connecting two structures. It's way more complicated than building new. It's way more complicated than gutting and remodeling. It's yes. And so, that's why I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah. And my structural engineer has so much building experience. I knew if I wanted to reach another level, I needed someone like that. So it was, it's never been about the money for me. It's never been about the money. It's always about the love for the job. And I, one thing I did learn that was a tough customer because she was concerned about everything as most people are. And I respect that it's their home. It's their money. It's their opportunity to grow for their family 
family, feel comfortable in their space. But she really, I think she took up a lot of my time and I didn't set those professional boundaries. And that's one thing I took from it is I really have to also respect myself and my personal boundaries because you probably know when you own your own company, it's everything. It's on your brain all the time. I try not to think about it with friends and it always ends up a conversation about my jobs or my customers or my setbacks. Um, and it's just, it's, it can be overwhelming. And I, I think kind of finding your own, uh, personal respect for yourself as a small business owner is important. Yeah. The setting boundaries is vital. And I actually have, I actually put, um, boundaries in my, in my contracts. Smart. So people know, I mean, when they see it, they're like, what you like, you're putting, it's in our contract that we can't contact you after a certain hour and on certain days. And I say, yeah, <laughs> you, you can, you can, if it's an emergency, but I just want you to see it in writing. So you remember, because a lot of people will text you at nine o'clock at night when you're going to bed and then your brain is just fired. You think, and then think, I'm already think, back to think, it. Right. So you never get a break and, and you have to set those boundaries. I know so, and it can be overwhelming, but sometimes, you know, in, in, on the flip side of that coin, uh, you know, I also, I love my job. So in certain circumstances, I don't mind fielding a phone call or I enjoy talking about whatever they want to talk about because I'm equally excited for their job. So sometimes it's not too bad, but when it does become overwhelming, it's super important to have it in contracts just so that the customer knows it kind of sets the expectation. And then if you're willing to talk to them after hours, they appreciate it because they know already the expectation has been set. And then you're kind of going above and beyond in a way to talk to them after hours. So yeah. I think that's really important too. You're right. No. And, and, and every client is different. So some of them, it doesn't matter if they you talk to them after hours, cause they're only going to do it once in a while. It's the exactly. ones that, that's the ones that want to talk to you every night. And you don't have to talk. You don't need to communicate about a job every night. Uh, no, but I get there's it. Some, there's some, there's some, there's, you just have to set boundaries with the needy people. And that's why that I have those clauses in my contract. Just so just, I mean, normal people who aren't that needy see it and they're like, whatever, that's fine. And then, but people who maybe are going to want more attention, see it. And, and it's just an extra communication to them because you do have to take those calls. Sometimes you do have to read the text, but you want to mitigate or you do. Yeah. Or you do have to reach out to them. I mean, uh, and we'll get into yeah. it, you know, how to grow my business and the people that I surround myself with now. Um, and we can talk about the setbacks, uh, you know, as a female, cause we do have to talk about that. But, um, I think that sometimes you do, I need to reach out to my customers. So it, it, it there's always a balance and a, and a level, but that's the one thing I learned from that edition. Uh, we knocked it out of the ballpark lesson learned, and she's not a, she's not a bad person. It's just, it, you know, I didn't have enough experience in that regard. I take full ownership of that. And I built an amazing addition, a super rad house, and I loved building it. It was really fun. And then I moved on to another really big job after that, um, a whole house remodel here in Northern Virginia in a really nice part of town, um, Vienna, and uh, knocked that out of the ballpark. But again, the customers, you know, I just still, I think those bigger jobs, unless you have that customer experience to like really stand up for yourself, it's just such a large job. You know, a bathroom, you're kind of in and out. And the longer you're with someone, a customer, um, you know, you kind of start wearing on each other, whether you want to or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. Customer relations 
dealing with clients is like dating. I mean, sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes <laughs> you want to leave the table before the wine even comes. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and then if you're in this long relationship with them, you really have to, you really have to work on that. And, and that's where eventually choosing your clients really matters when you're building homes or doing massive remodels. Cause there's so many unknowns and you're going to be yes. together. You're going to be together for a year sometimes. Oh, well, and, we and, knocked them out. We actually built the addition in six months. And that's the one yeah. thing that my structural engineer really did teach me. And I, that's why I really do um, value the effort and the mentorship that he put in. Um, and I respect him for that because he taught me project management. He taught me timeline management. He taught me materials management. Um, and he taught me so many valuable lessons that regardless of whether I take on another addition or not, which I do because I love them, but he taught me all of those skills to, to, you know, I mean, if you're sitting around and your job extends three, you know, two, three months, whatever past when you should be there or, or the necessary, uh, then you're wasting money, you're wasting time and you're wasting your value on another client. So uh, we just try to do the best job. We really do a good job. We don't cut corners, but we also really every day there's somebody there on the job site. We're moving on. We're thinking of creative ways to get things going and I think it shows. I think it shows being able to do an addition with a living room and a dining room and a full deck. Uh, it was like 600 square feet. Um, you know, getting that done in four months with quality work. I think that that speaks to something, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and Matt project management's huge. And, and I think for many contractors, they blow it off to some degree, not keep not lining their subs up. Right. Things. I mean, Things can go sideways when one sub calls you and says, Hey, I'm going to be late. And then you don't call the other subs that are behind them and let I them know. know they need to move. Yeah, like, right? like it's going to be three more days. Cause then if you don't, then, it, then you can get bumped and then the bumping begins and it's, it gets bad. Yeah. Uh, the uh, other thing you, you mentioned, hear? the other, the other thing you mentioned that I think is really important is that you are uh, totally willing to just go out and ask questions and, and Oh, I lost you. Okay. Um, so what I was saying was, I think it's really important like that you've reached out to uh, other professionals, the smartest people you know, as you said, and that's a, that's a huge thing for contractors when they're starting is having too much ego or too much pride to go ask. The people. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, and I, I really, people. even now, even now today, after doing running my business as long as I can, if I if I have a question about something a client is is wanting me to do, I call the smartest people I know. They yeah. know who they are. I mean, I I I, I run it by some of my subs because a they're going to be doing some of the work, and then b Absolutely. b if they don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. So so there's <laughs> a lot there's a lot of uh, there's just a super high importance on calling those, those contacts of yours and, and reaching out to people with more experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and they're always a phone call away and that's what I really do appreciate. Um, because you know, I've, I've invited a lot of people to sit down and have lunch with me. I've, 
you know, if a guy said he was HVAC, I think of all the HVAC questions I'd been piling up in my brain or, I mean, even let's be honest, like you kind of even learn from dumb people because you're like, oh wait, no, whoa, that's not how I want to do it. Um, but I mean, there's value in everything. There's value in every single question. There's seriously, I believe there's no dumb question. And if I do think it's a dumb question, I always preface it with this could be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Yep. Cool. Loud and clear. We're good. We're good. Uh, awesome. Um, um, so, so the people, do you, you want to talk about the employees and, and what that looks like in my business? I do. That's what, that was a, that's my next question is how many employees do you have and what do you kind of, how you kind of structuring stuff? So the reason why I was able to start is because I knew I needed at least one guy, one solid guy with many, many years of experience. And I found him and he was amazing. And we got along really well. We had a good rapport and he was with me, uh, I think for a year and a half. And then we took on another guy. I mean, he comes from a very large, very reputable company in the area. So it was kind of an honor that he took a chance on me. I paid him very well, but he also deserved it. I totally take care of my guys. I totally value the hard work that they put in. I would never take on a customer who's trying to not actually, I had a situation recently with a customer who kept asking me for like basically for discounts. And, uh, you know, by the third try, I, I it's busy season. I'm not going to squeeze you in to give you a discount. And if you don't understand that, then you're not talk about finding the right customer. Then she's not the one for me. She wasn't happy with the answer that I gave her, but I feel more respect for myself and my guys, because if I tell my guys, Hey, this, we got to work on, you know, we got a tight budget on this one and it's not fair. They're still putting in just as they're not going to do a bad job just because. So I don't want them to ever feel undervalued in that regard. Um, and that's why I do, you know, I, I do take care of them. And I think loyalty is important, especially in this industry. Um, but Luis and I, uh, Luis hit the dusty because of the coronavirus. He needed to move on and I needed to take a break. Um, I had been divorced actually at that time. And my ex, who's a wonderful man, wonderful human, very supportive, uh, great guy. Uh, he, he let me move back in. So I, you know, I wanted to be with the kids. It was a weird time for everybody. I mean, you couldn't even walk outside without, you know, you can walk to your mailbox without something on your face, no, which no, it no was, was important, you know, not discrediting anything or whatever. It's not a political show, but he moved on and I was happy for him and he's doing his own thing and he got his contractor's license, which is what he needed to do. And I, in that meantime, I had another guy who would, was with me since the beginning as well. And he stayed with me and we're really, uh, you know, we kind of started with the same way. We're kind of at the same level, but he's such a good craftsman. He's sitting, you know, working on some crown molding for me right now. And he's been with me and I respect that guy so much. And I, you know, I just think it's so important. I'm such a people person that once I find my people, I want to keep them. And I think they know that. And so it has, it's, there's been a lot of challenges working with new people, but once I find them, they kind of, they see me, they get me, they understand me. And I think they see my intelligence and my capabilities and they don't discredit that. And together, collaboratively, we really do come up with some cool stuff in the field for our customers. Yeah. Problem solving with your, with all your subs and stuff is amazing. Once you get the right people and, and they all know how to interact with each other. They know how your job sites run, so they know what to expect when they show up, and they're stoked to be there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then I have, uh, you know, I have my trades guys. I got my electricians. I got two, you know, two, uh, two groups of electricians who are really good. I got a really wonderful plumber who's 70 years old and, uh, and great man. Oh, he's so great. But, and he does nice, solid, clean work. I mean, plumbing, I know plumbing, but I'm not a plumber. So I really do rely on his expertise and experience. And he, he was funny. Actually, I asked him about this podcast. I said, Hey, um, Hey, Aaron, what, why do you think women are not in construction? Why do you think women aren't really attracted to the construction field? And he said, I just seriously think they're not interested. And he's probably not wrong. I mean, it's dirt. I'm always dirty. I'm always sweating. I'm always hauling stuff. I've got bruises all over my legs. You know, I mean, it's not very glamorous, uh, but at the same time, it's so gratifying. Like at the end of the day, I feel so much accomplishment. We made our custom little microwave hood for our customers yesterday and they were super stoked and I was super stoked. It's just such a good feeling to have. Um, and, and it's nice when the people around you kind of have those same feelings. So kind of a long story long, I, I have a lot of really good trades dudes. My tile guys are super amazing, meticulous, detail oriented, uh, easy to, to work with. Yeah. Tile, man. I've be. seen a, exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, it's been good. It's been a struggle. We can talk about those too, but the growth yeah. of my company, I think is happening exactly how it should be. Well, that's great to hear because uh, when I was three years in or three and a half years into my business, I didn't really have a direction. I was just doing it. I was just going job to job, but not really. I didn't have a great focus. Uh, it took me, it took me a, quite a long time. And the, and the business side was totally overwhelming for me. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was absolutely doing everything. And then, and then I eventually hired a bookkeeper and then, there you go. and then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do my taxes this year. And then, you know, then it was just like my CPA just was like, no, I'm doing all this. You do that. And yep. just tell me what you're spending money on. Nice. And that was, that was huge. But so, uh, so in that, in that, you know, you're in three and a half years, you, you obviously uh, know how to communicate with your, your peers and your, and your, your, uh, asking lots of questions. What else, what else do you do like to learn about business, read books, listen to awesome podcasts? You know? <laughs> uh, I do. I used to read, I, I really, um, I'm, significantly ADHD. So I can't really finish a book. I mean, mm -hmm. I would love to, but I think that's why I gravitate toward conversations because I pay attention more when I'm face to face with someone. It's just my learning style. So reading, I've definitely read a couple books. My dad gave me a really cool book by the, the lady Susan Packard from HGTV. Uh, I read her book. That was cool. Um, but other than that, it's just really communicating with the people who are experts in their field and growing that way. Um, and then I found, you know, kind of what you said with finding the right people. I found, uh, you know, I, I've got my, my right-hand man who's with me most of the time. I've got, you know, my, I still have my separate painters, my drywallers, all those guys who keep me, keep, keep their schedule open for me. Um, and then I hired a, a girl named Melissa and she's so sweet. She used to watch my kids. She's not even a girl. She's a woman. And she, we just get along. We click. She's got a design background. She's super adorable. She 
cranks out some really cute stuff at her house. She's a stay at home mom. So the flexibility that I give her working from home is perfect for her. And we are such a good team. And she fields some of the conversations with the customers um, so that we can give that customer service that people want and expect and deserve. I mean, they're spending a lot of money on their remodels. It doesn't matter what area you're in, especially now with the crazy margin increases, which we can talk about, uh, or maybe not because <laughs> it's awful. But um, she's just a perfect addition to my sanity because I was wearing so many hats and I was losing it. And the stress was bleeding into my guys who they are really good, but they don't understand small business ownership. They don't understand, you know, I come from a very, and this is not, not a negative thing at all. Um, because you know, they've come from, I mean, they, come from Central America, many of them and the struggles that they have, I can totally relate to. And I still respect them for, you know, learning a new language and be learning a new craft and really putting yourself into becoming the best at it. Um, so I respect them for that, but they don't understand sometimes the, the money struggles. Like they think I'm rich just because I'm the boss. And I continue to tell them, well, first of all, buddy, you saw your paycheck, you know, I'm not rich. You know how much I'm paying you. But second of all, like, it's not an endless. Well, there's it, there's so much money management that goes into it that that's one of now, especially even it's one of the hardest things we have to deal with. And I'm terrible at it. You're terrible but at the I'm money stuff. Yeah, I, it's just it's too much to keep track of. I'm not a computer person. So it, I'm so thankful for Melissa to be able to be my catch all. She's my organizer. She's my day to day lady. She loves picking materials. I mean, I'm such a procrastinator. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I know what sink faucet we got to buy, but I don't want to buy it right now. And she's on it. She buys it. So it's ready when we need it. It's, it's really it's really she's an amazing addition and a great human. And, and uh, yeah, that's it. She's amazing. I can't say anything more about her because she's amazing. That's nice. So she expedites for you as well, which is awesome because, yeah, I, 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 I you know, I'm just a, I, I was a glorified expediter when I had employees fully just. That's my job, just driving a truck and picking stuff up, but yeah. trying, to do, trying to do all that office stuff at night and managing, you know, trying to put proposals together. And, you know, that was a huge struggle for me was, was writing good proposals at the beginning. And I was just working on an episode, uh, about talking about working with friends and family and all oh. the mistakes and all the mistakes <laughs> I made there, and, <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, become a contractor is working for friends and family because no one knows you, but then, you know, you don't that's have, con you don't have, you don't have contracts. You don't have anything in place. And, you know, that's why I, I definitely cut my teeth uh, trying to write proposals. And, and, and that's where, you know, learning how to manage expectations really starts to come in because when you're, when friends and family hire you, they just think they're doing you a favor, but there's no plan. And they're just kind of oh. like, they're going to do it all, but it's way different than you work with now. Fast forward to the today, you work with someone who came to you and they have some ideas and there's a different set of expectations and it's much easier to manage the project actually, because there's no, there's less emotion, you know, you're disconnected. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think one thing I will say is I lucked out because the lady that I met through foreign service officers, they were all, and I mean, I was raised, um, you know, my dad was a military officer. My mom is amazing. My parents are both white collar. So they're like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, construction is typically blue collar, I guess, but 
I don't care what color I'm wearing. I still love it. And they, uh, and my, and so I was raised, you know, to, and I have a really big family. So I was raised to communicate and speak for myself, especially with four, two sisters and two brothers, we had to communicate. And, um, so I did really well presenting myself and giving myself that false confidence or yeah, definitely false confidence. But the lady with the foreign service officers, they're all so straightforward. They're all so mathematical in some sense and not creative and design elements. So that's why they really gravitated toward me. And they're so hands off because they're very career driven that I started with people who were strangers and I had to present myself professionally. Mm. And I really appreciate that because it, it taught me, like I learned very quickly how to write a proposal. And I, I actually, I call them estimates. I don't, I, I mean, it's not a, estimate it's definitely a proposal because it's very long and winded and detailed we can we um, can that is, it's all semantics there you know so it doesn't matter i call them yeah. it's, it's interchangeable i think but yeah i actually asked my friend yesterday the girl the lady contractor i was with yesterday uh asked her what the difference was and we, we talked about that for a minute but um uh, so I learned right away that these are the things that I need in order to grow. And then it's funny. Then my friends and family started coming around. Like my parents didn't even believe in me. I mean, they believed in me and they love me, but they're kind of like, could you go back to teaching? Like, why are you not a teacher anymore? They didn't get it. And I just kept saying, I love it. And all of the sacrifices that I made for myself, I mean, physical, emotional, mental, especially like going through a divorce. Every Anybody who's been through a divorce, it's awful. It's awful. I don't care how great the ex is. It's terrible. And while on top of trying to grow a company. So then my family, my, uh, you know, my, my, then my friends and family were like, Hey, you know, you got something going here. I want to hire you. And that's when I really learned kind of, okay, well, well, the, the personal element is a little different than these foreign services officers who are so hands off. And, you know, they literally just wanted updates in an email. They wanted to know how much it was going to cost and when I was going to be done and didn't really, you know, nothing else really mattered, which was great. Um, but I didn't learn much in the customer service department, which mm -hmm. then I had to learn. So Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all just the learning game, honestly. It is. And, and there's no, there's not a great source for how to do it. You know, we all just fly by the seat of our pants and, and trial by fire. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes that's, uh, you know, hard knock, stumble and then get back up. I mean, I've wanted to give up on myself so many times and I'm so proud of myself for not, but Oh, trash truck. My bad. Sorry for the beeping. That's all right. Um, this, this, but... is the world we, this is the world we live in now. Zoom yeah, actually... have all kinds of extra sounds in them. <laughs> well, and with material delays right now, uh, you know, it took me a really long time to get these three cabinets. I've been waiting on to finish for my customer. And she has a little party tomorrow for her son's birthday. So we're going to get that. We're getting that up and running for her. So her kitchen can like pretty much be 99% done, which we're super stoked about because it is a beautiful kitchen. I'm very happy for her. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, the cabinet delays are insane here right now. We're talking 20 weeks for some brands. Oh, Lord. Oh, shoot. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to be at five to six delivery in the middle of June. Most of the cabinets came in the middle of June. Then we were July 2nd and then we were July 8th and then we were July 15th until finally I got the vice president of the company on the line and the next day they show up, you know, it's like, nice. I heard a lot of empty apologies for a very long time, but then, you know, they pulled through. So what can you do? At the end of the day, they're only human. I'm only human. And we're all just doing the best we can. It's true. 
it's it's a good thing to remember, but sometimes it's hard to remember. Sometimes, sometimes. it's hard. Yeah. Especially with customer expectations. Like I think they forget I'm a human with a family and like, you know, and I have my own struggles, personal and professional. So, um, but it's nice to find those people who do value and respect you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I only want to work with them now. I don't, I've weeded out. I like to have the other people weeded out. They can. Yeah. Good for you. They can go work with someone else. Yeah. They can go work with the other guy. Yeah. Hey everyone, please stay tuned for tomorrow's second half of this interview where Kat and I will talk about communicating and women in trades and women as general contractors. And right now I want to give a shout out to Jonah Cook of Cook Contracting in Oshawa, Ontario. He sent me a note saying he loves the show and I'll give him a follow there at Cook Contracting. All right, have a great weekend. Yeah, so... Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it. At my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.